Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text hope NY in New York. It's only a kick, a jump, a block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. And welcome back to the Wolverine Live. John Borton here with you. And, of course, Tom Crawford, he of uh, Press Pass fame, on with Jack Ebling and company, Fox 47 on Sunday nights. Always enjoy those shows and the clips that I see of them, a very lively session. But Tom goes back a long way. Not only with the Wolverine interacting, but of course with Michigan Athletics. Tom, great to have you with us once again, lending your insight. Well, it's always fun. Uh, it, it's passionate. It's uh, you know, I bleed maize and blue. I'm fan media, as a, as the true definition goes. And um, you know, we're sitting here uh, halfway through May, and there's just overflowing content when it comes to Michigan football and basketball, things Michigan. It's just it's just amazing how the world has changed with uh, 
thinking with personnel issues, right? For both football and basketball. No question about it. And sometimes that content is uplifting these days. Most of the things we talk about with regard to Michigan football are exactly that. And we will get to Michigan football. We're going to talk uh, plenty of Michigan football tonight. But sometimes the things that we talk about cause Michigan fans to uh, cringe up a little bit. And that's certainly the case with our number one headline tonight that we want to talk about, that being the fact that one Hunter Dickinson is officially a Kansas Jayhawk. We talked about that. We speculated that that might be the case. And here's where I'm coming from on this. And I want you to just kind of react to it because there's so many things that I feel about this. One, you can't totally blame Hunter Dickinson, even though there's a there's just that sense of, oh, man, you know, jump and ship. Uh, this was his program. He committed to it. Um, but the fact of the matter is there are different elements to this right now. I, I mean, if, if you are leaving uh, one program that uh, – apparently is coming up with 70,000 or so in NIL money. That's at least what we have heard. And then you uh, are going to a program that, that could possibly make you a millionaire uh, via the same route. I, I, it's tough <laughs> to believe. But the other thing is, I mean, you, you know, we, we have the situation where historical cheating programs could give out money to people before it was legal and did so. And Michigan was always like, well, I mean, you know, they're, they're not going to cross lines and they're not going to uh, go into gray areas and all this. But you thought when NIL came along, okay, that, that levels the playing field. Doesn't look like that's the case. No. Tom Crawford, what are your thoughts? Well, I mean, and I mentioned this, it, it's it's an unfair playing field. It's, it's Major League Baseball and steroids. I mean, we, like I, I think I've told you before, I love Major League Baseball in the 60s. I loved it. The same batting order every year for the Tigers for five straight years. Then Kurt Flood came out with this uh, free agency, you know, suggestion, if you will. And all of a sudden, it's an open market. And, and it's one sport that there's no salary cap at the pro level. And now in in college football, college basketball, you have no salary cap. So you have the Kansas Jayhawks. And listen, listen when, I'm, when I tweeted out, I think, or texted you, whatever, I talked about hunter fatigue. I had personal hunter fatigue. Had nothing to do with blaming him for going to University of Kansas. Are you kidding me? Um, I understand $2 million per year is more than, is greater than 70000 per year. And this is a guy that's not going to probably have an NBA contract. He's probably got... You know, he's he's probably going to go overseas or the G League. I mean, I'm watching the playoffs. I can't see him fitting into that game, that 94-foot game. So he's doing what's best for him. And I think it's terrific for him, okay? The only thing I had problem with him is, is this, is, you know, he's off the court or off the, you know, on the air, off the court podcasting and, uh, you know, calling the Wisconsin fans scum and taunting uh, Michigan State and all that stuff. I, I I just don't – I don't – wearing a mask uh, coming through the tunnel at Wisconsin, I just don't like it. Just personal preference, you're putting yourself above the game. And as and Juwan says, well, that's Hunter being Hunter. And uh, I don't I don't agree with that. But my point, bottom line is, I have no qualms with him going. The bigger issue, though, is 
is how is Michigan, if Michigan has for their two-time starter, their two-time cat, whatever, Hunter Dickinson, their best player in the team last year. So what what is um, what is Michigan's NIL capability for basketball relative to everybody else's capability of compensation for basketball? Are you saying 70 grand? That's the ceiling for basketball versus 2 million. Michigan's got no fighting chance, baby, if that's the case. And I'm just curious yep. when this is all going to come out of how much, how much, how much money's in the till for Michigan NIL. Well, and how much is in the pipeline to be able to be in the till? That's the thing. And it just seems like there has been enough um, reticence or infighting or uh, just a, a – you get the sense that uh, Michigan does not want to officially jump into this thing with both feet and uh, others are more than willing to do precisely that. And so, you know, if if Michigan fans see Hunter Dickinson help lead uh, Kansas to a uh, to a national title next year, it's um, it, it, it's just not going to set well. And it's no. certainly not going to set well if if Michigan is once again scrambling to make the NCAA tournament when they saw a three year starter walk out the door. So. I think that's that's the biggest question in all of this. Is Michigan going to be able to compete? And one of my questions that I had for later on, but I'm I'm going to move to it right now. Is it you don't see football being hurt in the same yeah. way? It yeah. doesn't feel like. Now I get the fact that uh, that Michigan football is uh, going. It has it going right now. Two playoffs in a row. Two. Uh, two big wins over Ohio State, two Big Ten championships, it's a different deal. But is that is that why? Or is there more interest in uh, being able to uh, come up with a, a, a more comprehensive NIL program for the sport that basically <laughs> underwrites all others at Michigan? <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, what, you remember, what, what is this one more year thing? You know, uh, you know what, I, I don't. And, and I, I listen, I'm blaming myself. I mean, I should delve into a little bit more what's going on with this NIL and do some investigative reporting or be more or more aggressive in the questionings. Um, and when we have interviewing situations, uh, how much how much money is allocated in the in the pipeline, which you well worded for football versus the pipeline for basketball? Because that pipeline for football must be flowing pretty doggone good, don't you think? Because how come Michigan got so many players to return you know what i mean i mean how, i mean i know they have these signing days and all these events that michigan players are going to go up and make appearances at the grand traverse resort and i'm sure there's money for that and all this stuff right but i just it's never been clearly defined and maybe it's none of our business and, and maybe it's not a, a a freedom of information act thing that we all should be able to know but i just think that this Kansas for, you know, which I, there's no, you know, all we need is another reason to hate Kansas, right? I mean, the, the, the cheating is now legalized and, and they're going to leverage it. I mean, Bronny James, LeBron's kids going to USC. I'm hearing about two, $3 million deals. He's out there in LA. I mean, they can make, you could cover that in a couple of phone calls out there. This is 
insanity. And I think it's going to get worse. And when, when we get into this, I know in the rundown, we're going to be talking about NIL, but you're going to have to control me so, because I got some really, really strong opinions on it that, that um, uh, make me sleepless at night. <laughs> I take this too serious. <laughs> yeah, I, I know. It's, um, it's one of those situations that is uh, difficult to deal with, but Michigan now has to deal with it in the sense that, okay, what's going to happen with basketball? You're scrambling. You're trying to fill that roster. Today we hear that uh, Michigan basketball is looking at a uh, potential transfer. He's on the list for Arizona State's Warren Washington, yeah. uh, big seven-foot, 225-pounder, 9.2 points, 6.9 rebounds, 1.6 assists, 1.8 blocks. Uh, a year ago, starting all 34 games for Arizona State, which uh, ended up as a number 11 seed in the NCAA tournament. There's a potential add. Caleb Love is uh, another one who has been speculated on. And uh, you had people out there saying, ah, you know, is he really actually going to come? And then Caleb Love jumps online and says, uh, absolutely. I'm going to be playing it for Michigan next year. So uh, there's so many moving parts and there's so many things that, uh, that just seem like they're up in the air. There's that tweet. Uh, yes, I will play for Michigan next year. Stay tuned. Go blue. Tom Crawford, um, what in this scramble to try and make up for, uh, the loss of Hunter Dickinson and obviously, the loss of others that uh, have jumped to, to uh, take ch their chances with the NBA. Where are you at with all this? How do you think Michigan's going to come out of it? Well, that's a big question. It's a great question. It's a question I can't answer. I mean, when, when Caleb Love came came out with that tweet, yeah, that's not like he's all bullish on going to Michigan. But notice the last two words, stay tuned. What does stay tuned mean? Stay, does stay tuned mean I got to make sure I, I get certain – classes cleared up and down here in Chapel Hill and or, or up in Ann Arbor this summer or whatever it is that he's got to, to qualify but we know what that's been like in the past you think you have somebody landed all of a sudden they're going to Illinois the next day okay so because they didn't you know didn't qualify academically and so you know you know all, all these new tra you know, these transfer portal guys at Michigan basketball we've learned about have not come out of Tom Wyrot's press releases, it's not been announced by the university, right? None of this is – they haven't even mentioned Caleb Love's name. So until they mm – -hmm. well, I always say until media day, <laughs> when we go to media day, and who's there, I'll just I'll just say, hey, let's see what, what this team has. You know, let's see who shows up here. And then we'll know what kind of – you know, and then we'll try to surmise what kind of basketball season Michigan has and – watch the 45-minute practice we get to watch and start making our projections. But I can't, I can't, I can't grasp on any of this stuff right now because it, there's so many uncertainties. You got an NBA, you got the deadline for the NBA for the kid from Tennessee um, who's, you know, still pondering that coming up. And, um, and so that's a two-step process. Does he want to go to college basketball? Then does he want to go to Michigan? 
So it's it's complete uncertainty. I'm thinking, you know, what is this? May, what, what are we at right there? You know, May what? What is this? May 9th? May, May 10th? Whatever the day May is. May 9th. May 9th. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's at least a month, at least, before we'll find out who's going to be on this roster. I think maybe for July at this rate. Well, I'll tell you what. I uh, I did some research on a couple of other puzzle pieces this week, and I found it very interesting what I uh, I came up with. I, I talked to a couple of guys that do the same thing as we do for Michigan, but okay. for Alabama and for Seton Hall. And I find out you, you get a lot of insight when you talk to guys that oh, yeah. watch other players game in, game out. And one would be Trey Jackson, the 6'10 kid that used to be out of uh, – originally from Detroit. Right. And wound up at Seton Hall. You know, you, you look – you think 6'10 and you think, okay, well, there's your four to possibly plug in. Right. Uh, I, I talked to a beat writer that, that uh, follows Trey Jackson, and he said, no way in the world. Because he also covers uh, Rutgers for for uh, uh, you know as a Big Ten team and understands the Big Ten team and he says he's not going to guard kids big physical kids in the Big Ten. Trey Jackson coming he will come in for Michigan in his best use as a uh, as that mismatch wing uh, the, the three point shooter right. and uh, fill it up from the outside kind of like he did against Michigan a couple of years ago. Yeah. And so he he also this this writer also underscored the fact that you know if you're just going to plug somebody in as a uh, as a mismatch wing shooting three uh, that you probably better have a, a, a deep offensive roster a deep roster period to be able to have somebody that specialized. Yeah, you know, and and sometimes you know, and I've talked to writers from other schools and. And, and, and a lot of times, and, you know, I mean, writers on platforms like this, there is a little fan media ingredient to it, and they, and they, they do deadpan guys that are heading out the door. I mean, that, 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 that comes out. That comes out. Um, but, I, you know, I, 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 agree. I, can, I can see exactly, though, that when I've watched him on film, uh, is he a four? Is he a three? Uh, is he a shooting four? Is he a hybrid three, four, whatever? And then but, but regardless of what all these guys are, you once you get them on campus, then you got to figure out how it's called these moving parts of as a, as a rebuilt classic car, I call it. Rebuilding – I mean, this Michigan team is having to be rebuilt with new parts, right, that have been, that have been um, remanufactured, mm-hmm. reprocessed from other schools, right? Okay, and you got to get those to blend together. And it could blend together just, you know – incredibly conducive to uh, to competing for a Big Ten championship, or it could be an absolute train wreck. And we're not going to know that till you turn, you know, turn the key, turn the engine, find out what, what they're all about when they start playing in November. Yeah, a lot of disparate parts have to come together. Another one of those parts, Namari Burnett, uh, that's yeah. coming up here out of Alabama. Uh, this kid has been through it, put a year in at Texas Tech and had limited minutes and then comes to uh, Alabama, immediately blows out a knee and misses a season, then comes back last year. Kid's a starter as a shooting guard, 6'4". Um, he hurts a wrist and misses five weeks of the season from 
mid uh, December into uh, into past mid January. Then he heats up a little bit, and uh, but he's in the meantime he's lost his starting job. Yeah, he shows some ability to shoot from the outside. He, uh, I am told, a very, very good perimeter defender, which certainly Michigan could use some of that. Uh, but now, you know, he transfers up to, to Michigan, and it's does he – is this a kid that can start for the Wolverines, or is, th- is this a kid that can uh, – is he going to plug in and uh, give them some defense and give them some shooting at times? Uh, it's, again – I guess is he, first. First of all, biggest thing is is he going to stay healthy? Yeah. Because he yeah. has in his two years of uh, uh, college basketball so far um, that he has actually been playing. So yeah. what? Uh, again, it's like you say, um, a lot of parts that that need to come together, and there would be more question marks uh, between now and the start of basketball season. I would say than answers. Yeah, and Amari Burnett from a wing position yeah i mean that's the guy that of all these guys that um and including caleb love who uh, and i mentioned before i've talked to a couple people who watch who carolina fans who have watched him um in his career as season ticket holders and you know told me they love him and they hate him in the same you know in, in 10 10 minute segments they'll love one love one 10 minute segment and then hate him the next time he, he can hit great shots and he'll drive you crazy so that's going to be – it's going to be interesting to see how Caleb Love, if he comes, um, how Juwan Howard can navigate that and um, mix that, you know, into this perfect recipe of a productive basketball team. But Namari Burnett, I mean, when you've when you got a, a kid who's on his third team, uh, granted these injuries have been misfortunate for him. I understand all of that. But, wow, I mean, that's a red flag to me. You're on your third team. Well, and the other thing about it is uh, these guys that are coming here are being asked to perform for a team that's going to be under a a pretty strong spotlight anyway after not making the NCAA tournament with a roster that was expected to do so. And uh, so that will we'll talk a lot more about basketball as we go, and we'll know more as we go. But, boy, you're not going to know a lot until – I don't know, maybe mid uh, mid January next year or late January. We'll we'll wait on that. You said red flag. You want to talk about red flag? Uh, there's a red flag flying out in the great state of Iowa these days because all of a sudden you've got an investigation into uh, gambling out uh, among Iowa Iowa State. Uh, various sports, including football, and you, you first. My first reaction when I heard it was, uh, "You got a couple of guys that uh, made a pretty big uh, jump and a pretty big commitment from uh, being Wolverines to being Hawkeyes on that football team, including Cade McNamara." And I wonder what he's thinking right about now when all of a sudden this blows up. Yeah, total uncertainty. You know, I I, I follow footballscoop.com. Footballscoop. I was on that site last night, and that they posted that thing. I go, whoa. I thought about those two kids. You're going into this program. You're looking for prosperity. You're looking for opportunity. And look what's going to happen. I mean, who knows? I mean, they're starting. I mean, there's football players involved. 
And I'm telling you, uh, you knew this was coming. We all knew this was coming. I mean, it's just, it's a powder keg. Um, because, I mean, when you got, I mean, look at FanDuel. FanDuel, it's advertised everywhere. I mean, you see these, you see these, at, you know, commercials and in, in stadiums. You see it on TV and college football games, um, sports talk, radio, fan, you know, all these kind of sites. It's just enticing. And I'm going to tell you a quick story. So I'm up at um, a Central Michigan game last fall, and um, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm on the platform. I'm just moving around. My son's a, a coach on the team at Central. And so I'm, I got these college kids that are all around me. I kind of went over the student side to get a perspective. And all these conversations behind me were games. It was uh, action time. You know, the Mac plays their games during the week. And they're, they're going through all – I'm overhearing these conversations. These kids know about – they were going through – they're breaking down the Ball State Buffalo game, things like – I mean, and, and, and why, why they're thinking – why they're picking this team, that team. And there's probably eight or ten of these – Talking like experts. I thought I was watching one of those ESPN betting shows. These are college kids with, I would think, limited money. And they're like, they're looking at their phones and they're, and they're watching the central game and they're, and, but they're looking at their phones because they got money on all the other, you know, there's three other matching games going on. And I thought to myself, this is not good, people. This is not good because if it's infiltrating the student body, players are going to are, are gonna be exposed to it. And these play, I mean, my God, these kids are betting on games where they they know kids in their in their class. I mean, this is not good at all. And I I had a feeling this was coming, and I'm just interested to hear when we go to media days. That question is going to be asked to every coach: How are you handling the vulnerability, like Kirk Ferentz has gone through, of your program being you know being exposed to betting within your locker room? And um, and how are you handling it? And being a, and, and being a watchdog. You hear me, John? Did I lose you, John? No, I'm with you, Tom. I, let me uh, uh, let me ask you this though. Um, we have talked about NIL, and we've talked about NIL extensively, but we have never talked about it in the context of uh, you're getting more money pumped into all college sports, but particularly the sports of football and basketball. And could there be an element here where you might see a, a rise in uh, – in issues around that kind of thing, gambling and things like that, just because of um, players wanting, uh, living in an era where all of a sudden there's uh, there's a lot more money being tossed around and more of it's coming to, to college players who then might have more to, uh, uh, to do with what they will. I mean, we've seen, we see the Michigan uh, guys do some great things. JJ McCarthy uh, yeah. funding charities and uh, Blake Corum giving away turkeys. But we know not everybody's a, a JJ McCarthy or a Blake Corum. It is the NIL money, uh, more money in people's hands, and uh, the the knowledge that this is an era where okay, um, there's there's more to be had out there. Um, it, could that be part of this issue that part, uh, is 
you know, could grow into an even bigger problem. Well, NIL is, is you know, absolutely because you got, I mean, Hunter Dickinson gets to, you know, he, he gets this big fat contract, you know, it's a contract, $2 million a year, whatever it is, he's got a he's got a deal at Kansas. Hops on a plane, lives large, goes down to Churchill Downs and dresses up and puts money on horses, you know? I mean, he, he did that part this, this weekend. And, I, you know, I know that, you know, people do that. But I, I just think, yeah, it's a lifestyle that's enticing. And to be honest with you, this NIL money is affecting the transfer portal something fierce because I know that's part of the enticement because there's actually, you know, when we saw all this, and I think this is a really bad thing. I'm, I'm, I'm jumping over to the portal um, as an issue uh, to discuss and because I think it, it really sinks into the NIL problem. So after hey, school, hand in hand. Yeah, so spring football ends. Let's say yeah, they, the game ends, uh, your spring game is April 15th. Well, the portal is wide open. That last window, which I think is 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 bad news, that spring transfer portal window. You have the one after the season into January, but now you got another one at the end from from uh, August from April fifteenth to April thirtieth. Okay, and this is what's going to drive a lot of coaches out of the profession. I kid you not, because there's no days off. Okay, so you have all these kids that. You know, they went through spring practice and they feel all right. But all of a sudden, you're getting enticement from other schools to consider transferring to their school. And an NIL package is part of the enticement. Okay. That's a that's a wicked two weeks. It's a wicked two weeks that goes beyond that. Because once you hit the 30th, these guys are all out in the portal, right? We're out there, you know, swimming with the dolphins, right? But they don't have a, necessarily have a team to land on. And 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 the you know, coaches are scrambling, you know, they're scrambling around. The coaches are trying to fill their rosters. It's it's insane right now. And NIL and transfer portal are are just are just two wicked new variables. And in, intercollegiate athletics, in particular football, and I'm talking about this April 15th or the April 30th. That need that window needs to be wiped out. You're gonna make a decision. Do it on the front end, or right after your season's over with. Don't go post spring. You're going to drive people crazy. Yeah. Yep. Understood. Understood. And uh, I let me let me just say this. I'm with you very much, and I and I do. I don't disassociate the portal from NIL because uh, it's one and the same. If you get uh, kids looking around, um, they are looking for. You know, they always the old thing was, OK, what's the best fit for me? Well, uh, a couple million dollars uh, tends to to make you feel like the fit's pretty darn good. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, so can you imagine as a college student? I mean, I go back to the days at Dooley's. I mean, I'd be going I'd be walking over to Dooley's there <laughs> or the Viva. I'm going way back to Michigan students. And I'd be buying the whole bar around a beer. I mean, I'd be, I'd be, I mean, it'd be unbelievable. You could live like a king. I mean, when, when these, these NIL, NIL monies that these athletes are getting. And um, I, you know, I don't know how they're managing it. I mean, that's like they're, they're probably were never brought up in that environment. Who, who was brought up in that kind of money? And um, I, I, I just think that it's hugely problematic. Yeah. Yeah. I, I completely agree with you. And uh, like I say, um, it's 
it's going to get to be more and more of a problem, uh, I think. And you've got to figure out how you're going to deal with it. So far, as I said, Michigan football seems to have dealt with uh, any attrition issues very well. Uh, They're bringing in more than they're losing, for sure. Uh, But I think that that has a lot to do with (coughs) how well they are playing on the field right now. They are a very attractive landing spot. One of the gems of college football, as we'll say, and uh, that transitions us into that break that I had promised. Uh, You want to talk about gems? We do want to take a moment and shout out the sponsor of our Tuesday night recruiting show and a longtime partner of the Wolverine in Lewis Jewelers. Simple question, guys. Is your daughter's engagement ring bigger than your wife's? If the answer is yes, great news. Lewis Jewelers can help. It's stress-free and easy working with one of their non-commissioned expert trusted advisors finding that perfect diamond. So stop today, guys, and fix this family issue. Lewis Jewelers, the diamond store, and so much more since 1921. Visit them at their new location, 300 South Maple Road in Ann Arbor, or online at lewisjewelers.com. That's L-E-W-I-S-J-E-W-E-L-E-R-S.com. That's Lewis Jewelers, where Ann Arbor gets engaged. And we are uh, engaged in a lot of football talk often on this uh, particular broadcast, the Wolverine Live with Tom Crawford. Um, I I think that um, Michigan football has a lot of people so excited. They're in a very good spot. We know this. I think without uh, going out on any kind of limb, which you would have had to do not that many years ago, but now to say, okay, Michigan is going to A, go into the Ohio State game with a chance to make it to Indianapolis again. Michigan football has a very good chance of knocking off the Buckeyes for a third straight year. And if they do so, they're more than likely to take down the uh, the West uh, Division sacrificial lamb and make it into the playoffs again. That's one side. I think you can say all of that with um, with certain assurance because of what has happened in, in recent past. But what, uh, what people are talking about right now, one of the topics is, does Michigan have a claim to be the number one team in the nation coming into the season? What say you, Tom Crawford? Is that, uh, is that something that you could successfully argue? Hey, Michigan could be uh, the number one ranked team in the nation coming in just because – of uh, the wealth of talent it has coming back and um, the the fact that Jim Harbaugh has now established that he can, A, uh, seems to have the, the formula to beat Ohio State and B, has played on those bigger stages even though he hasn't uh, uh, come up successfully in those semifinal games the last two years in the college football playoffs. Well, I mean, I think I think it possibly could happen uh, to be in some polls preseason number one. I think Georgia, though, which is, by the way, going for its third consecutive national title, which ha- hasn't happened in close to 100 years um, or 90 years, um, would be 
would would probably still be the preseason number one. And I'm fine with that. I don't want Michigan to be preseason number one. But the thing about it is that Michigan has their quarterback. All these other teams like Ohio State, like Alabama, like Georgia, uh, everybody's breaking in a new quarterback other than USC. And um, as far as those contenders for, for uh, you know, in the top five. So I would think that Michigan would, would be close. I think there'll be two or three maybe. But, um, yeah, I mean, they're viable, but who cares? You know, I mean, this is a – I don't want Michigan to be number one preseason. I've been down that path before, 1976. I remember that one. And a few other, uh, you know, a few other years mm-hmm. that they were preseason number one, and it didn't work out. And so, you know, I, I think all you want to do is be in the hunt and and just have improvement, you know, improvement week every week and get better and try to, um, you know, be in position uh, to go for a, to get in the CFP and win a national championship. I mean, this there, there's gonna be a lot of pressure on Michigan, John, and, and, and in this regard. I mean, this is this is the payoff here, right? Because, you know, we talked about nine. Yeah. Nine draftees in the NFL. I'm hearing it could be 15 to 18 first round draft picks in the in 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 from Michigan next year, or not first round, but uh, draft picks next year in the rounds rounds of seven. I mean that's unbelievable. This right. will be the most fruitful uh, Michigan putting players in the NFL that I ever you know I can ever recall uh, since it's been seven rounds. You know when they got to what it was 12 rounds, yeah, but and before, but. So, um, I, you know, this is the payoff here. And with that is pressure and expectation. And they're so deep because there's so many players, relevant players. When I go through the, the two deeps and I look, wow, wow, these guys have all made – these guys have all made plays. These guys have all made big plays. That excites you, and that's, that brings expectation. Yeah, there's no question about it. I'm 100% with you on saying you don't necessarily want Michigan at number one in the preseason uh, because, A, well, for me, they ha- they haven't done it yet. And until yeah. you get in that playoff and you knock off a Georgia in the semifinal or you knock off even a TCU in a semifinal, which they didn't get done last year, then I, I don't know that uh, you either want to or have claimed to be a number one team. I saw some people talking about that and saying, could Michigan be that? Should they, uh, do they have a right to uh, expect that uh, just because of all the people that they've got back? I say, no, they don't. And I agree with you. No, they shouldn't uh, covet that spot simply because uh, it is, it's too much, too much too soon. You're talking about draft picks. If they had 17 or 18 on this team, you might you're you're talking about 1997 levels. So yes, yeah. there is uh, there's a lot of a um, lot of talent on this roster. But um, as far as worrying about number one, I, I don't think that's something that uh, it, it should even enter their minds at this point. Um, so. I'm going to switch my last two uh, topics because the the next one kind of goes into uh, what we were just talking about. I mean, um, you're you're looking at should Michigan be number one? Again, the college football playoff rankings will come out and they will consider schedule. 
And schedule is something that we have talked about. I, I don't think that Michigan's schedule particularly matters this year. I don't think it did last year because despite the fact they didn't play any of the big names early, they certainly played the big names late. And the fact that they were able to knock off Penn State and they were able to take down uh, Ohio State in Columbus, to me, that got them into the playoffs. And from there, they could have done anything. They could have they could have knocked off TCU and they could have been in that national championship matchup against Georgia. I think they're in the same boat this year. I don't think those early games matter uh, in terms of, oh, do we have to worry about whether this team makes the playoffs? It's not going to be whether or not they crush East Carolina, UNLV, Bowling Green. It's going to be about, okay, do they go to Nebraska and win, to Minnesota and win, especially to Penn State and win uh, in November, uh, on November 11th, and go against a team in Penn State that has its own designs on being a top 10, maybe a top 5 team in, uh, in the nation. And, of course, what they do against Ohio State. So I guess my question to you is um, – I know you had uh, concerns last year about what the schedule might do as to what their readiness to play those bigger games, but also where they wound up in the rankings with a, with a year to reflect on that. Does uh, Tom Crawford, does the schedule matter to you at this point? Well, hell yeah, it matters because it would have mattered last year, would have mattered last year if they lost the game. The reason it didn't matter last year, John, because they went undefeated. But as we as we as we went down the stretch in the CFP and the, the analysts were totally transparent on it, you know, Michigan's schedule in the discussions was just ripped up and down and all around, if you know what I mean, because they did not play. They all mm-hmm. they had this group of five opponents just like this year. The problem, what it does, it leaves you extremely vulnerable. So because if you had law, for example, next year's schedule, they got the Texas Longhorns coming to town. You could lose that game. Okay, but you but you've lost to Texas, right? And you can find out when you play Texas next year what you're all about against high caliber competition that you are playing with a little fool's gold now, okay, this year and last year. And and the thing is you lose to Texas and you can you can lose that game and still be in position to get back in it. But if they had lost a game last year, they would we heard it. They wouldn't have been in the they wouldn't have been in the CFP. You know, they, you know, if they had lost okay. Texas, let me see, because let's listen for a second here. If they, like next year, yep, I got you. Texas, and then they go and beat Ohio State, they're still in. They're still in. But they don't, you know, it, it's, it's, you're, you're just, you're forcing your program. I know there's nothing to do about it. I'm not going to complain about it, but it, it's, it's unfortunate because it makes you, it forces you to have to pitch a perfect game through the season to be in the CFP. But you're still going to have to pitch a perfect game even after that Texas loss because you 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 could lose to Texas, run the table and get in, but yeah. you couldn't lose to Texas and then lose at Penn State and get in. You're done well, I, at that point. I, so well, I don't I don't think that, that non-conference makes a difference in that sense. Well, I mean, I'm a, there's no sense of arguing. This is a, because it's already done. But it, it it what it does is and now, now Georgia, mind you. Their, their non-conference schedule is pretty bad. 
I mean, this is worse than Michigan's this year, okay? And you know what the SEC does? Everybody plays in FCS school, and they play them late. In the, it's crazy. They'll play them in, you know, um, November, okay? But the thing about it is the SEC has better teams than the Big Ten. Let's be real. So you're playing a tougher regular season than you are in the Big Ten. That's just reality, okay? And that, and, and so, you know, the, they can get it. Georgia can get away with it a little bit. But I, I – the bottom line on all this stuff, it's it's kind of embarrassing when you don't it, just play and you know I I'll use I play Kansas State play any team that is a of of um a power five conference doesn't have to be them doesn't have to be a blue blood just be a power five don't play don't do this again and I'm sure they won't have back to back years where all you're you're playing group of five and you got those. Home fans, we don't pay any money to go to the press box, John. We get we get in there for free, right? We're working. But those people that have to pay big-time dollars to get season tickets at the University of Michigan, and you're watching them play East Carolina, UNLV, and Bowling Green, okay? That, so it's a fan perspective that bugged me last year and does this year. But you can't do anything about it. You brought it up, but I think also you find out what – how the baloney's made, what's your, what are your vulnerabilities when you're playing high-caliber competition. So when your defense goes against a TCU or, you know, or Georgia last year, you're getting some speed that you're not used to seeing in the Big Ten, you're a little bit prepared for. Yeah, I, I think you're going to find out um, soon enough anyway. I, 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 again, you know, this is, I, I think it's fun. We, we agree on a lot of things. So, uh, when, when we get one that we can, uh, push back and forth a little bit on, I, I'm, I'm okay with that because, um, uh, once again, uh, our mutual friend, Doug Karsh and I have had this, uh, this discussion for years and years, and you guys are like the uh, the tag team combo. You can tag out and uh, come beat me up again. But uh, I, I, I just um, – I think that this year is going to be a lot like last year. Mm -hmm. it, it, you're going to get to November, and it, you're going to be once again in position to uh, win the Big Ten, to make the college playoff, to, uh, to do all these things, despite any hand-wringing that the uh, the – playoff committee does about oh michigan didn't play uh usc and texas and notre dame all in the uh all in the non-conference schedule last thing um when uh, when you look at michigan uh football this year um and you look at ohio state i mean it's hard not to take a, a glance ahead to that game uh somebody pointed out on our board that uh the buckeyes their first, I don't know, uh, probably 80% of their recruits uh, that have committed are on the offensive side of the ball. And it really it really feels like they overemphasize the offensive side yeah. rather <laughs> as opposed to the defense at this point. Yeah. Uh, are the Buckeyes going to be able to have enough defensively to slow Michigan down? They certainly yeah. did for a half last year, but yeah. it, it did not hold. Do you – that – this is a fascinating question to me. What do you think, it Tom? It's a real good question. And, you know, it takes me back to Big Ten Media Days where that guy, Ryan Day, was getting drilled by his butt nuts, all those, all those Ohio State media 
guys asking about this Jim Knowles dude who's coming from Oklahoma State. You know, that's he's the savior on the defense. It's a DC, right? Jim Knowles defense. And so they're asking all these questions. You know, it's almost like interrogation because it's not like Oklahoma State and the Big 12, for that matter, is known for defense, right? So they make this hire, and we you saw the Michigan-Ohio State. You were there. I mean, come on. I mean, it's like, wow, it was like Swiss cheese. And they, and they were given, you know, cover zero, and all of a sudden Michigan was getting big plays. So I, I think they're, I think the philosophy, JB, is they, they just want to outscore you. And with their wide receiving core that feeds the NFL like nobody else, maybe they can do that. But, um, yeah, I'm, I, I'm interested to see what this, what this Ohio State defense is going to bring to the table this year um, and, and seeing if – because you remember how much Ohio State fans were in love with Larry Johnson, the, the D-line coach, the, you know, the Penn State guy who came over and, and the, the, this great D-line that Ohio State has had for a number of years and rotating like eight guys and uh, all of a sudden that's not so sexy down there. And they're, I mean, they're not so, they're not speaking kindly Ohio state people about Larry Johnson. So it's in all three levels on defense that Ohio state has concern. It's going to be interesting to see if it, if that's addressed this year. Yeah, I agree with you on that. And I think, uh, I think Michigan still has that upper hand defensively. Uh, you know, I, I, we both go back to the days when Ohio State, Michigan were, uh, was 14, 10 or, yeah. uh, 12, nine or whatever, 45, 23 doesn't, uh, doesn't reflect those sort of numbers, but I'll tell you what, if, uh, if you have a team that scores 50 on everybody on average all year long, like the Buckeyes have done the last couple of years, and then comes into the Michigan game and can't put up 30, uh, despite a coach saying we're going to hang 100 on the Wolverines, that's defense. That's really good defense against a team that has been just a powerhouse offensively. So uh, I, I like the position that Michigan is in right now defensively vis-a-vis Ohio State. They've got to come out and do it again. Maybe they'll get a little snow uh, again, and uh, maybe yeah. Ohio State will have more excuses like we've heard the last couple of years. But Anyway, we're going to keep uh, keep a, a close eye on that. Any final words, Tom, before uh, before we wrap this thing up? Well, back to that Ohio State thing. I mean, the Michigan did it two way. It's, you know, last year they did it with big plays on offense, and the year before in, in the snow they grinded out Son Haskins with getting chunk plays, but not they weren't home run hits, so they beat them their that defense uh, both ways. And so we'll see if they can maybe have a hybrid of that this coming year but yeah it's it's fun to to anticipate this coming year and I, you know one more final thing though i think the real test for michigan if they're at georgia level i just thought about this today or alabama level with after we talked about this draft next year and all the talent the offensive line will jj mccarthy leave uh you know you got your two running backs so they're going to be out of there i mean there's gonna be a huge turnover with this great recruiting class, can Michigan seamlessly still be in the hunt for the CFP with turnover, with high levels of turnover? So it is indeed a reloading and, you know, reloading with like Georgia has done it and all of a sudden they're back in the hunt. That's when we're, we're really going to find out, John, if Michigan has arrived at talent level to complete with the big boys. 
I agree. And that will involve a uh, telling those portal people, hey, there's opportunity here. And (laughs) also you're bringing in one of the top recruiting classes in the nation. So uh, they've got the elements that they could have uh, to, to make keep this thing going. We will watch all the way through. We'll talk about it. Tom Croft for John Borton. I appreciate you all joining us for the Wolverine Live. We'll do it again next week. Thanks, Tom, and we will see you soon. Always a pleasure, JB. Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Fanduel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050-427 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE. NY or text Hope NY in New York.